night, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here alone for a solo interview episode, a full episode with Chuck and John. We'll be back next week. This is a three-episode week, kind of making amends for what we missed over the holidays. Also, I had some I had this interview scheduled, and then John and I wanted to finish up the Eastern and Western Conference resolutions, so you guys get a third episode this week. We really appreciate you downloading and subscribing. Hey, maybe write an iTunes review. Haven't gotten an iTunes review in a couple weeks. Uh, that obviously helps our show. Another way to help our show is to become a Patreon supporter. You can do that by going to patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. On Patreon, we put up extra bonus content, some videos, power rankings, various other things. Also with our Patreon supporters, we have our Patreon Fantasy Leagues running over at Fantrax.com. Those are definitely heating up. If you missed out on one of those Fantrax Leagues, let me tell you about the Draft app. It is a fantasy basketball app where you can play for money against your friends. More than 1 million people have already downloaded Draft. I have downloaded Draft. You can play in a real live NBA draft right now. You just go into the lobby. You sign up in a draft. It could be a three-person, a five-person, a ten-person draft. You get done in a few minutes, paid out the next day. Drafts are filling up every second. Draft is superior to one of those salary cap leagues because you aren't going up against pros who can enter over and over and over. You can just play against your buddies. Do a quick snake draft that night. You can play small stakes. Go head to head. I'm on there as Fast Break Breakfast. I joined yesterday. I'm telling you, when I opened up the app for the first time, it gave me the excitement like the first time I went into one of those online poker rooms because it just says like draft filling up two or three. Just three people. You want to play for a buck? Let's play for a buck. And you draft your players for that night. It's just really cool. If you want to play some fun legal gambling, yes, it's legal. I think everywhere but Missouri because our lawmakers and their infinite wisdom have determined fantasy sports to be a game of skill. So if you go to that draft app and if you sign up and you use our code FASTBREAK, you get a free $3 entry into a money game. It can be basketball or football. I think they have hockey and golf as well. You can deposit with PayPal or credit card because, again, it's legal. There's no weird withdrawal restrictions like some of the offshore casinos. You just draft your team every night. You play for a couple bucks. You have a lot of fun. I'm going to be creating private games for our listeners so we can all play together. It's the app Draft. You get it in the iTunes store or the Android store. Use the code FASTBREAK. Another really easy way, you can go to draft.com slash FASTBREAK so they know who sent you. Again, try it out. I can't wait to uh, play with some of you guys. So get the Draft app. Use the code FASTBREAK. My guest today covers the Washington Wizards for the Washington Post and is a return guest, Candace Buckner. Candace, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Keith. How's it going? It's going really well. Uh, we spoke a while ago, over a year ago, and I don't always even remember who's been on my show now after interviewing people for over a year and a half, but I specifically remember the day we spoke, and I am certainly assuming you do not. But I will still put you on the spot and ask you, 
do you remember when that was at all? I do not. <laughs> we spoke on election day, 2016, on the uh, the morning of election day. I said I was excited to speak to someone in Washington D.C. on such a momentous day. But anyway, that's burned in my memory. Oh yeah, I do not remember that at all. <laughs> it, I must have been in Detroit. No, I don't. I don't know. It's all good. It makes sense to have blacked it out. Um, my, <laughs> uh, we always start talking about breakfast. Have you had breakfast this morning? I, I have not. And I know, that was, I know I should, and I know that was one of your questions that you asked, but unfortunately, no. Such a lame O right here. It's all good. What's the, la- what's the last good breakfast you had? You know what? You haven't even started like the hard questions yet, and I'm, I'm no, already these are, these are these are the hard ones. Uh, you're not the first person to find these the most difficult. I would say um, I haven't really had breakfast in the month of January. Oh wow! So I can't. I cannot remember. <laughs> well, maybe you can make Golly, it a, a resolution in your interview to add a, to add a little more breakfast to your life. Well, anyway. The, the more important reason we have you on is to talk about the Washington Wizards. The Wizards are a team that I don't have a very good grasp on. I don't know if I just haven't watched enough of them. And I, I haven't watched as much of them as some other teams. But to me, they appear to have as much talent as almost any team in the league. But it seems like they're slightly underperforming. So what's, what's the take from the inside on how the Wizards are doing so far? Yeah, they will. I think they've been using um, uh, a little bit of the explanation slash excuse that they had not been healthy throughout okay. the season. They started out with uh, Marquise Morris not being in the, uh, not even even not even being in the lineup because of his sports hernia surgery. So of course he missed the first seven games, all of training camp, all of preseason. Um, John started having his problems with his knee and he missed 11 games, um, um, scattered throughout. And then Otto Porter, uh, a couple games here and there, but I, I really think that's nitpicking for sure. They are a different team without John wall and they went five and six without him. Um, and for a stretch in the first 12 games back when, um, when John returned, they went nine and three. So it's like, yeah, absolutely. Um, they are a different team. They are a better team with John Wall. However, other teams are surviving and not even surviving but thriving um, when injuries have pretty much decimated what they thought they were going to have, you know, i.e. Boston. Um, but the Wizards, for some reason, I don't know if they're bored in the regular season. Um, I do think, you know, it's not time to press the panic button because they have they have quality performances performances against Boston, against Houston. So it's like you can see that there that this team can still compete in the East and still be, you know, a team that can get first round in the in the I'm sorry, home court in first round and and possibly compete in the second round. But um, whether it's the the little injuries have thrown off their rhythm or they're just bored in the regular season, they're they're not looking like the team that I thought they were going to be in the, in the early part of the season. And that was certainly uh, top three, maybe competing for a top two spot in the East. 
Yeah, one of the confounding things is when you look at their their stats, like they're seventh in differential, and they have a you know like a, according to the cleaning the glass numbers, they're tenth in offense, eighth in defense. You're like, well, that sounds like a good team, but then you're like, ah, eh, they're only projected to win you know forty four, forty five games or so. But hopefully, with John Wall, I guess back in the lineup consistently, and if he starts making more free throws, they'll uh, they'll be maybe closer <laughs> to, to, to where they want to be. Uh, Otto Porter and Brad Bill making some free throws. Um, he yeah. has a, a technical foul at the. Um technical about three throughout the start of uh, last night's second half game. And just, you know, he's a great shooter, but I don't know why free throws um, are somewhat of their Achilles for both John and Brad. Yeah. It's bizarre. It's similar to uh, the Pelicans, Etwan Moore, who's shooting like 58% from the field as a shooting guard, but only I think 65% from the line. No one knows. Uh, Otto Porter, he, he misses a few games here and there. What what is that injury that he's dealing with? Is, it, is this is this a chronic injury? It's it's not like an acute thing. Yeah, I, I would say so. Uh, even when the Wizards took him um, number three in the draft, um, he did not participate in like his first uh, training camp uh, preseason activities because um, he had a hip problem. So, okay, so it's like, okay, so, you know, I thought, I, I mean, I wasn't around, I wasn't covering the team at that point, but I'm sure uh, people were wondering, like, okay, what, what's the deal with the hip problem? Because every time, uh, like, you go back and read those stories, like, he wasn't participating, he wasn't playing, it was always, you know, we'll reevaluate it. And, and maybe you're, you're thinking, okay, he got over it. By the second year, it was popped up again. Third year, popped up again. And um, still pop it up. So I, I, I do think this is something that he's just going to have to deal with for the rest of his career. And, you know, I asked, I asked uh, Scott Brooks um, last night because they held him out the, shoot, the, uh, I guess, the Sunday game. And at this point in the season, it's still January. The doldrums of winter. You just, do you want to hold out a guy for precautionary reasons just to rest? Like, no, he actually tried to play, and he couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is a 24-year-old guy, and I, I, I hate bringing up contracts in, in a lazy way, but you gave him a max contract bill, the Wizards, and he seems to have a chronic issue that will – you just got to pencil in at this point. It's going to bother him each year. Now, last year, he only missed two games, which was, which is great. But this is something that they're just going to have to manage. And he's been taking acupuncture, of course, doing some treatment. But um, I would be, I mean, obviously the, the Wizards weren't that too much concerned because they match his max contract offer sheet. Mm-hmm. But I, I, if I were the Wizards, I would just, you know, I, I, w- I, I would be, um, well, what's the word I'm looking for? And again, I don't know if concerned because they gave him the money. Right. But that's just something that you're just going to have to deal with with Otto Porter. He's he's going to have to uh, deal with this pain, the soreness, and possibly um, it may get worse. That's interesting. I didn't remember that it was all the way back to when he was drafted. Uh, as far right. as the the chronic injury, I know I'm a Grizzlies fan. It's not a, it's not Chandler Parsons level yet. So uh, <laughs> he's still he's still very yeah, much producing, uh, e- even with that even with that big contract. So another question, going back to why this team confounds me overall, I feel like 
outside of maybe you know signing Jan Mahinmi for too much money, they've developed their team in a way that you would think would lead to a lot of on-court success, as in they've brought along John Wall and Brad Beal, so they have an elite backcourt in a league that is, you know, it seems everyone is trying to get guards and wing players. They drafted Otto Porter, developed him nicely. They drafted Kelly Oubre, who's turned out to be like a decent bench player. It seems like they've hit all these check marks, and they have plenty of wings, but they're still, you know, not hitting their stride. So when you look at these talented guys, what do you think is the best combination of them on the court? Because they obviously have Markeith Morris also and Marcin Gortat. So what, like, what's, what do you think is their best five-man lineup with the guys they have? Um, of course, uh, John and Brad in backcourt, mm-hmm. uh, Ubre at the three, uh, Otto at the four, Keith at the five. Um, I would, I would, I think when they, when they have been playing small and I guess you haven't really seen, I mean, Kelly closed the game last night, but when they were playing small, they just have a lot more flexibility in the first quarter. There are some times when, you know, Mark, uh, actually maybe like three straight possessions, Marcin Gartat got switched on Rubio. And they, they, in, in, a, in, in a typical world, you say, okay, we'll live with, you know, Rubio possibly taking shots against the center because you don't think that he's going to, to, um, to you, know, you know, fill it up. But Rubio had a big game, and like each time, you know, he got the better of Gortat. So those switches when you play small, you know, those are non-existent. You have... Um, um, Marquise Morris, who's you know, no ballerina, but he'll do a better job of trying to stay in front of a, of a smaller player. So I think when they play small, they can, you know, they can, they can, uh, they're at their better, they're at their best. And sometimes even, um, you know, strangely enough, even if they, um, even if they go Porter at the four, Uber at the three and March at the five, because I don't want to act like, you know, March is uh, marching or tot, um, because he's just, because he's a traditional uh, center that makes him irrelevant. Um, he, he leads the league in screen assists. I think he still leads the league in screen assists. And, you know, he just, he just gets open shots for, you know, shooters like uh, Brad and Otto. So he's, he's significant in that sense, almost, uh, almost valuable. So um, he, he, I think Ubre should be on the floor. Um, he may make a mistake every now and then, but you, you cannot say, that Uber doesn't play hard and that Uber is fearless. You can't say those, I mean, uh, fearful. You can't say those things about him. So for a team that has lacked energy or lacked um, effort, um, Uber, that does not, you can, you can say, oh, you know, he, he gambled and he makes mental mistakes. You can't say Uber lacks energy and effort. Yeah, he's a guy I really enjoy watching, but it seems like when the team is fully healthy, sometimes he gets the short end of the playing end stick. Like he's only playing 20 or 25 minutes. And again, I'm I'm no Wizards expert, but I guess as a fan, I'm just more like I want to see that guy. Like put like put that guy in. Let's let's do those small lineups. Um also Martin Gortat, one of my favorites. I believe in the offseason, he was asked if he was going to add a three-point uh three-pointers to his repertoire, and he said something to the effect of no way. I'm just trying to hang on as long as I can in the NBA with the skills I already have. So uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, are there any trades 
that Wizards fans have their eyes on, maybe Wizards fans who aren't content with this team, you know, not being in the top part of the Eastern Conference right now. I know this is obviously the season. You have guys like Tyreek Evans and Lou Williams out there. The Lakers trying to get rid of right. Jordan Clarkson and Julius Randle. Are there any trades out there that you think are feasible or that Wizards fans have kind of latched onto? I think, um, of, of course, there's always the, uh, we want Boogie. They want um, uh-huh. DeMarcus Cousins to pair up with John Wall, that UK connection, plus um, DeMarcus being one of the best big men in the league. Um, I, I just don't see that putting them over the edge, putting, putting them in the conversation as an Eastern Conference finalist. Um, to be honest, Keith, I would say, yeah, I mean, there's great, names, attractive rumors, but this team um, has some bad contracts. And last year, <laughs> they were able to get rid of them uh, with the trade of Andrew Nicholson and Marcus Thornton, two of their biggest mistakes of the summer of 2016. So they were able to get rid of that salary, um, bring in Boyan Boyanovich, which was a great move, really, really, really good move um, at the trade deadline, and also free up money to potentially give um, you know a max contract to Otto Porter, so it was twofold. They'll need some wizardry like that. They have way too much money locked up in the big men with Gortat, with uh, Mahimi, and on a smaller scale, Jason Smith. And I only bring in Jason Smith because um, Jason Smith is a, a good locker room guy, uh, a NBPA um, uh, representative in uh, for the Wizards. So they love him as a teammate. He is collecting dust and collecting money on the bench. So he's great as a locker room guy. I think he's a he's a good human being. But why have why have so much money locked up in, into these tra- three traditional bigs while you have Chris McCullough um, right now in the G League, who um, is probably one of their. Uh, I guess, I don't know, exciting. He's, he's been around, so people know him. Right. Um, but he's, he's more the prototype of what the NBA big is now. So I don't know. But I, w- I would just think that the Wizards would want to shed salary instead of um, um, increasing, increasing uh, uh, add, adding like somebody like Lou Williams, who would be great off the bench, um, mm-hmm. or, or someone like, um, that's interesting about um, – who else? Ah, oh, crap. I'll think Tyreek. I'm, about- I'm a Grizzlies fan, so I'm always looking where, where can Tyreek go, and I'm like, well, like you know what you 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 just mentioned that, and I you know he was he was he was all right when they uh, when they played him. Were you did you watch that game? I did. We had and he a, had a, like a nice little streak, right? Oh, he's had an incredible season. I mean, he's been he's having a career year. And yeah, that uh, that Wizards Grizzlies game was one of our watch parties. We host watch parties in Nashville, and that was it was exciting. Almost everyone left, and then the Grizzlies rallied in the fourth quarter <laughs> and, uh, and, al- and almost won it. When, when, when Wizards fans or bloggers or anybody is talking about making one of those big trades, like if, if, when they daydream about trading for DeMarcus Cousins, what's the price they're willing to pay? Is, is it let's trade Otto Porter and something to get, to get Boogie Cousins? Like Is that something Wizards fans are pre- prepared to do, or do they think they can get him? Yeah, with- I think that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's the uh, tricky part. You would, you would have to get rid of Otto. Yeah, I would and think. I don't. I I just don't see that being feasible. I mean, Otto 
uh, and obviously we just talked about his, his hip issues, but again, last year he only missed two games. This year, the first time he missed the game, it was a stomach illness or something like that. So it had nothing to do with the hip. And yeah, he, he missed one game this year so far. And this is, you know, 40, we're at the halfway mark, 41 games. So you can say, okay, so it's not like bothering him to the point where he's uh, incapacitated. But he's a, he's a glue guy, and he can start off the game like last night, score nine points. The team goes away from him, and he finishes with 14, which is ridiculous to me. But um, Otto just does too much. He's making too much. He's part of their core too much for, for them to get rid of him. Yeah, I, I agree from a basketball standpoint, looking forward, like looking for the Wizards' best interest, I agree with you. As a general NBA fan, I'm like, yeah, let's man, let's 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 shake it up. Let's get Otto Porter to play with uh, <laughs> Anthony Davis on the Pelicans. That, that's, that's that seems really good to me. If they do, if they do make a smaller move and they do make a move to try to get some of that bad salary off their books, it, do they have the appetite for sending out a first round pick again after dealing their first round pick uh, the last couple of years? Yeah, that's. Uh, I I think they they do because you know John is 27. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, you know, the younger guys, Otto, 24, uh, Brad, 25, the, you know, the young guys, or I mean, their core are pretty much either, um, walking through the door of their prime or not there yet. And so they're thinking like their window, um, is their window, really their windows right now within the term terms of these contracts for the next four or five years. So do you want to take more time to develop uh, an Ubre, um or try to get a vet to compete now, especially considering how the East is shifting? No one knows where LeBron's going to be next, next, next year. Um, Boston's only going to get, only going to get stronger once Gordon Hayward comes back. The 76ers are on the rise. I, I still really do like, um, but Indiana, I mean, they're not, Indiana's not going to be like a top four team, but I like what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I, I really do like what um, Detroit can be um, at their best. So the East is shifting, and I just think they they probably don't want the time to develop a first-round pick, and so they're using those as their, their best trade chips. Well, I'm excited. I, I hope they do. Again, uh, my team has fallen off a cliff. And so <laughs> I, I'm always like, come on, give us like, give us something, you know? Uh, so yeah, what is the deal with Chandler Parsons? I just, I what's totally the deal? went to, when I, <laughs> yeah, once I went to Memphis, I was like, oh my God, yes, he's still here. I had totally forgotten about Parsons. He has chronic knee injuries and can't play NBA basketball. Uh, I think that's the deal. That's the long and short of it. He uh, has untoward behavior on social media and gets flack from people about that. And then he plays basketball every now and then. And, you know, he can hit shots and actually plays defense just fine. You know, he, he gets he's probably a better defender than people even think he is still. But he uh, can't be on the court, which is kind of the most important thing. So uh, it seems like he bamboozled the Grizzlies to giving him a max contract last year. And uh, well, Cuban's a genius. Yeah, 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 and and the reports. That's all I'll say about that. That's right. No, Cuban, Cuban won that one. Uh, Cubans won a few. Uh, The Grizzlies signed away. As Grizzlies fans were very well aware of 
the Mavericks letting guys go and the Grizzlies signing him because we signed Brandon Wright and he missed a lot of time, although he was known as an injury risk. We signed Vince Carter, who, you know, people remember his last year in Memphis was really good. His first two was really bad, you know, injury plague. So I would prefer it if they didn't take any more Mavs players for a, a while. <laughs> um, as you travel around the NBA uh, following the Wizards, what is one of the neatest places you've discovered in an NBA city? Can be like a restaurant or a bar or anything. Okay. Um, I will say this. I have one regret. Uh, one of my colleagues, I think Kyle Goon from Salt Lake City Tribune, he was going through his uh, pictures of the year at, um, on December. It's like best spots. And that's a spot in Portland I have never heard of. And it looked, whatever he ordered, it looked like a dream. And I wish I would have discovered that because that would have been number one. Even though I've only seen one picture, haven't been there. I don't even know the name of the spot. He told me, but I forgot <laughs> it. That would have been number one. But uh, I recently, in Brooklyn, I love staying in Brooklyn when they play the Nets and not Manhattan. Um, in Brooklyn, there was a little, a little, a little one of those little um, neighborhood pizza shops. And so tight and communal inside. Um, you should definitely go with somebody or else you're, you're like me, eating solo and listening to everybody's conversations because they are literally, I didn't say literally, but they are right on top of you. But it's a pizza soto casa, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, little hole in the wall neighborhood joint. And it is delicious. That sounds great. I'll have to check that out. I love, I love pizza too, by the way. That's my favorite food source. That's pizza is incredible. It can also be a breakfast. All right. Finally. <laughs> Finally, last thing. Uh, I believe you're a uh, Missouri Tigers fan or an, an alum. I am. M I Z. All right. So who's the, who's the best Missouri <laughs> basketball player ever? Oh, oh. Whew. Well, my first thought was Anthony Peeler. Um, okay. I don't know if he had a great NBA career to justify being number one. Um, I was. Uh, class of uh, high school class of 98 graduating class of 2002 so i was aligned with kareem rush oh yeah um, of the famous rush brothers and let's see well if anthony peeler was number i think yeah anthony peeler was the first name to pop into my head and they they had some good guys i mean marcus denman i covered him in high school when one of my one of my first jobs i was in kansas city marcus denman was um, an incredible high school player. And then he um, did great things at Mizzou. Um, but, ha! <laughs> That's a good question because I never thought about that. Did, did you have... Uh, I mean, the first, one, the first one that pops into my head, I don't even follow college basketball closely any, anymore. I, I remember Damari Carroll because he was a transfer from Vanderbilt and I saw him play uh, at Vanderbilt. So Damari Carroll, yeah, I, and then there's... Uh, the internet tells he me he only all- came with his uncle, and yeah. I feel like he didn't. He wasn't really. A t- I mean, I'm glad that he finished his career there, but he, he was a transfer, and so I, I, yeah, I, he only came there because of his uncle, his his coach. He, yeah, mean, he, his he came coach. there because Vanderbilt wouldn't let him handle the ball. I mean, it worked out for Damari. He, you know, he, he's had a long NBA career and, ma- and made a lot of right. money. But uh, yeah, so he transferred to Missouri. Also, the internet tells me you know Jordan Clarkson, Keon Dooling, Larry Drew perhaps are some, uh, Jordan Clarkson, another transfer. So mm-hmm. it's, it, 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 some of these guys, I don't even, that's funny. Like the Mari Carroll and Jordan never even popped it to my head. Uh-huh. Maybe I'm just thinking, okay, if you, 
if we recruited you out of high school and you said, yes, signed on the dotted line and you came here as a freshman. But yeah, you're right. Uh, Larry, Larry Drew. Hmm. I mean, I obviously have no. That was no, a minute um, ago. <laughs> no, 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 that was a minute ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to pull out. I, I like, I like the answer, Anthony Peeler. I, I, that's a good one. Um, anyway, yeah. Candace, uh, thanks so much. Can you tell people where they can find your stuff online? Sure. Um, you can always go to WashingtonPost.com. I always tweet those stories on my on my uh, Twitter account. Uh, that's uh, Candace D as in dogs Buckner at Candace D Buckner. And so, yeah, I'll. Eat some breakfast and check out my stories. That sounds great. You should uh, make it make it that resolution. Get some more breakfast in your life, Candace. <laughs> sure thing, Keith. All right. Thanks so much for joining me. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks to Candace for joining us. You can follow her, as you said, on Twitter. If you want to support our show, you can do that at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. We've been posting videos just about every week. Every time we get together and record, we post a food video, some bonus content. we got some extra bonus audio coming up for those people at the $5 a month tier. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, never apologize for being G&G. Fab break break, man, you understand?